Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> to, do you want the, the big daddy one or the other boss one? Uh, do they, are they flavored? He's talking about cigars. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I'm such an yeah, amateur I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Let's smell it. I'm like nervous. <laughs> yeah, let's see. That one has a stronger smell. It's like a Pablo Escobar. This is like a... Let me get tall and skinny. El Chapo. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So, where, yeah, where do you cut? Where do you cut those? So, oh, you cut it already. Yeah, I cut it already. Oh. So, so you smoke from that end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. of amateurs. So I, I had these cigars that I got around Christmas time, and I've been waiting for a special occasion, and we're having a couple cigars right now. <laughs> we're doing it like Andrew Tate style. Free Andrew Tate's out of jail. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> free the top G. Yeah, it's, it's some top G shit right here. We um. I, I told you off air, but Aaron and I were smoking a cigar like every night on our balcony uh, in Dominican. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, it's almost just like it was replacing like our, our weed smoking at night. We yeah. just kind of were like, it was just like a nice relaxing thing to like sit on the balcony, puff a little cigar. That was kind of our way to like um, wind down. But man, I forgot to tell you, we had crazy dreams in Dominican. Like crazy dreams There's almost no smoking, every eh? night. I, it was either because I've taken time. Remember we talked about this. Like I've taken like 30 days off weed and like my dreams didn't really change that much at all. Mm -hmm. But in Dominican, again, we weren't smoking weed cause it's like a five year sentence there, but we were smoking the cigar. So I don't know if anybody smokes cigars regularly, but I do know that it can stimulate something in your like, Oh, that's strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I guess I should write mine. But I, I think like they say a lot of creatives, like if you're a writer and you smoke a cigar or even just nicotine while you're writing, it does something to the cre creative part of your brain. So I wonder if like right before bed, if I'm smoking a cigar, going mm. to bed, if like the dreams get sparked that way. Cause bro, they were wild. Yeah. Like I remember I had two dreams and they had the same like evil de demon character in them both times. I kind of forget them. I remember I told Aaron, but one of the dreams, like this evil demon, like made me kill a kid unintentionally. It made me like, it's like I was trying to save him while he was like riding a bike along an edge yeah. and I'm going to save him, but I couldn't touch him. And so this demon was like making me corral him off the edge. And I ended up just like killing this kid. Like, cause I was almost like possessed by this thing. Do you want a scotch or no? Um, I don't know. I was just grabbing <laughs> I'm just thinking. Um, I'm in the mode right now. Yeah. Hey? Depends how long I'm staying here after, I guess. Yeah. You know, I just I just want to do it right. Yeah. There's something about it's Saturday. There's something about uh, the taste of a big old cigar and a bottle of Glenlivet. This is hilarious that we're smoking a cigar here. <laughs> I don't even know how to smoke a cigar. I know you puff on it. You don't really inhale, eh? No, no inhale at all. At these. all? No, I don't inhale them at all. I don't think you're supposed to. Huh. <clears throat> wow. Do they stay lit for a while? Like, is yours lit still? Yeah, it should be. People listening to podcasts are like, okay, guys, just fucking talk already. Um, and if you, if you want, you can just, whatever, set it down for a bit. And then you can always relight it too. Um, okay, so we went on a run. Yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah, so How that was that for you? Thursday, two days ago, right? Yeah. Thursday? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Um, it was good. That was I only did like a 3km run like a month ago, and then this was my second run of the year. And uh, I did about 7k and then walked like 3k, but it was good vibes. You, yeah. me, and Lucky, three yeah. dudes. find it, it's, it's like a nice little change up, man. Like there's a time and a place. I love solo running, but I found that it was quite fun. It was like night, like good weather for a run and just having you guys. Yeah, it was, it was really fun, especially at the beginning. 
And I joked while we were running, I'm like, notice the conversation just slowly dwindle. Hey, yeah. it's like when yeah. you first start, you're kind of like, yeah, boys, this is great. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Like I got these shoes and like, this is what I think about when I run. And then like three kilometers in or four kilometers in, it just gets like a little quieter. There's like just the odd sentence. And then yeah. you're like, yeah, for sure. It's like shorter responses yeah. as well. She gets real. And then by the time you're like, you know, 10, 15 K, it's just like, keep going, man. Yep. And then you run for another 4K. Yeah. We got this. Yep. And it's that's it. So that was the longest run you've ever done in your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like 20. Was it? Yeah, it was it was just yeah, it was just just barely over 20 kilometers. Longest run I've ever done. Do you find you can run better with a group of a couple friends or by yourself with headphones in with like your your motivational music, your your dark music, whatever it is? Oh, I don't have dark music. I got fucking light tech. <laughs> pump you up music. Bro. Pump you up music. Whatever yeah, dudes, it is. Dudes. Um, yeah. I. Uh, so that run that we did, um, when you kind of left, and then it was just Lucky and I. I didn't put my headphones in once. I didn't have music playing once. I yeah. just ran, and I was, I was actually enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. I felt like I was super in tune with just like my body. I was like almost like hearing how my body was mm. moving. Yeah. Um, I just enjoyed hearing the sounds. I didn't yeah. feel like I needed the music. So yeah. I, I felt really dialed in, man. That's what I find too. Outside, you don't need the, the music as much, but on a treadmill, I think you do. You know? Yeah. I'll say this, man. A lot of people, a lot of fucking people, <laughs> they said that marathon, or, or, sorry, long distance running is like way easier on a treadmill. And I don't know if I agree. Like in some cases, maybe, mm -hmm. but... I found that the treadmill was easier on the body, but harder on the mind. Outdoor running is maybe harder on the body, but easier on the mind. Mm. And because it's easier on the mind, your mind controls your body. So your body moves better. And so like the overall run experience so far outside I'm finding is easier than on the treadmill. Yeah. Like the treadmill, I have to play a lot of like mind games with mm -hmm. myself and I have totally. to think about things to focus on and I got to like watch that I don't trip and like hit this parts that's not yeah, the conveyor totally. belt. Like sometimes you go in la la land when you're doing like an hour and a half on a treadmill, you drift to the left too much and all of a sudden you hit a flat spot and you like eat shit. So I, I found that so far the outside running, I love it. I find it like almost a little bit easier than treadmill work. It's harder to get in flow on a treadmill. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, do, do you remember? Well, of course you remember this, but I was thinking about this the other day in bed. Um, so in high school, part of our like fitness test in gym, we did two things. We did the 12 minute run. Yeah. And we did the beep test. Which of those was like more terrifying for you? Bro, they both, they both sucked a lot. I remember having like, yeah, you know, and we're both like pretty athletic, but I remember like not enjoying some of those like 12 minute runs. Cause like, I don't know if it was just like, we were just redlining ourselves so much, but I, I just felt like, oh, you know what? I think, I think the beep test I hated more now that I think about it. I think it was the beep test that I, I hated so too. more. Yeah. Cause it's more of a sprint maybe. Well, yeah. And do you remember how it went? kind of like you we all start on one side of the gym beep we run to the other side it's like pretty easy to get there right. you wait beep you run to the other side and then after a while the interval of beeps starts speeding up oh so you have, so to, you have to go faster and then as soon as you get there and stop it's like beep and you got to run to the other side and people start dropping out like flies that's right but i remember so yeah that one was tough because it was started slow and then it ended up being like sprint stop and starts until right. people fall off um but I remember the 12 minute run seeming so daunting. Um, I just remember being like 12 minutes is a long time to run, bro. Yeah. I remember being like, this that is funny. madness that they do this to us. Wipe my ass with 12 crazy, minutes. Crazy, right? Yeah. That's the, crazy. Well, you know what, man? That's like, that's one of those things where like, I've been really surprised at how quickly the body can adapt to like a new um, physical challenge, like with running, mm -hmm. you know, like when I first started going to Harry Bailey and just working out, not thinking about a marathon, I would yeah. do like five minute runs. 
I'd run for five minutes. Yeah. I think that was like a good warm up, yeah. and I would just start lifting. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's not enough. I'll do ten. And then ten wasn't enough, so I did twenty. Then I went from twenty to half an hour, and then half an hour to forty five minutes, forty five <laughs> to an hour. Now when I go to the gym, it's like if I don't run for an hour, I'm like, what am I even doing here? Yeah, crazy. It's like legit. Like if yeah. I don't do ten k, I'm kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's yeah. wild. Like my recovery run is five k. Yeah. That's what I'm recovering. Yeah. Just doing 5K before a big. I don't know if I want to run five kilometers yeah. a long time. Yeah. I think about like Cameron Haynes or David Goggins. It's like, yeah, like a marathon is my cool down. Right. It's like, what? Crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, yeah. So group run versus solo run. I don't know. Yeah. Time and a place. I was like, I was just writing things down. I'm like, yeah, group run versus solo run. Again, it just depends. I find that if I'm really trying to push myself, and like, let's say like beat a record or something, I would rather just be by myself. Cause I, I feel like I have all the motivation I need to push myself. I yeah. don't, I don't need to like chase someone or anything. Yeah. I, I just, I know how much to push myself. Um, so I feel like for that reason, I love solo runs. You know, you can just kind of go at your own pace. You can push, you're not, you're not either playing catch up or allowing someone to catch up to you. Mm. You just go. I've always kind of been an independent guy like that too. Like even in the gym, I've never liked a lift buddy with me. I just right. feel like there's a little too much waiting. Like I just like to get to it and yeah. do my thing, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. But and some people, they need that workout buddy. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why some people spend an insane amount on just like personal trainers. You know, it's like you go to the gym and half the people probably know exactly what to do. They know their workout. They've been doing it for a few months, but yeah. they still just, they, they love that support. They love that person there to yeah. kind of. I don't know, help them or whatever. Yeah. And then I was thinking like music versus no music. We kind of touched on that. And again, yeah. it just depends. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. Um, what else did I want to talk about that run? Oh yeah. Kind of a cool thing with my whoop strap. Um, I've been tracking like my resting heart rate mm -hmm. and it's like kind of had an average for a while, but I've done two long runs outside. First one was 16 K second one was 20 K both of those the day after my resting heart rate dropped down one notch mm. so that was kind of cool to like watch and observe yeah. you know it's almost like it's pushing your your cardiovascular system so much that it's like almost like getting your heart pumping really well and efficiently and so, then the next day it like it'll drop and then you have like a lower resting heart rate which means your heart is like very efficient and yeah. pumping blood through your body so that it can mean two things right it can either mean you're like an athlete who has very good conditioning or it can mean it's not good Right? Yeah, but I don't know why why wouldn't it be what's the reason that it's not good? That's a good question. <laughs> I think if you don't do like if you live a sedentary lifestyle and it's low, it's not good, but I don't know what the reason. Right. But yeah, and I wonder if it just spikes super high if you do something. I would imagine if you Maybe like so. do live it. I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of people that have a sedentary lifestyle, I bet if you check their resting heart rate, it'd still be pretty fucking high. Yeah. I bet yeah. it would be like yeah, I'm 60, 70. You know, I read something once I can't even remember, huh? but, um, Interesting. yeah. And then the one thing I've been like trying to track as much as I can anyway, you know, I've been trying to get my sleep dialed in Yeah. and, um, fuck, I've just been having a tough time, but I, I got on like a little roll. Like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story, but I think I had like five days in a row in the green. That was the first time since I've had the whoop strap that I've been five times yeah. in the green. And I'm not even talking like 90s. I've never touched 90s. Yeah. Like I, I follow a few people on social media and they post their <coughs> whoop strap, their um, their ring, aura ring. Aura ring. Yeah. And it's like they're just 98, 99, 97. And I'm like, how are you doing Damn. that? It, for me, green is 70, 69, I think even puts me in the, in the green, yeah. 75. So did you have five good days and then it fell off? It fell off. Okay, I, I think I've seen that post. Yeah. Because the day before, the night before your run, it was like pretty low, eh? Like yeah. 49 or something? Yeah, I think I, I, and then I took a nap. I took a nap before the run. Oh, okay. Um, but the thing that I wanted to talk about was what I think is uh, helping me be in the green more and I have to get really um, strict with this, if this is the key. I'm going to play with it this week for the next seven days, walking outside, just walking more outside and just being outside. Cause mm -hmm. the day that I had like one of the best recoveries off of one of my highest strain days. So on the day that I did that 16 kilometer run, I did some privates. Like I, I had a bit of a day where my strain was super high. And then that night I went for like a long walk. So I was outside for hours and I'm like, Oh, there's no way my recovery is going to be good. Like it's going to be horrible. Yeah. And lo and behold, I actually didn't sleep that good, but I woke up in the green 
And it even said, it's like, although your sleep isn't that, um, like it wasn't that efficient last night, you're probably in the green because of healthy habits the previous day. Mm, so whatever you did yesterday, it was probably like something healthy, being outside, yeah. getting sunlight, yeah. exercising, then that kind of helped me fall asleep more efficiently. Man, that's the beautiful thing about running outside. It's just all the fresh air you get. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like I, I find like after a run like that, I sleep so good. Yeah. And um, yeah. another good feeling about those long runs is when, cause you know, like, especially when it's plus 10, you know, it's not even that hot yet. You layer up, you know? Right. And I love when the run is done and you've cooled down, you've come home and like you're taking your layers off and they're just like soaking so, and you yeah. just feel so productive. You're yeah. like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's get in the shower. That's the thing with the running <laughs> man. Like I remember Kurt said that he was like the one thing that'll jack up your strain on a whoop strap is running. Like you could hit a hard pad session, but the running seems to trump it all. Yeah. Just because it's so constant, hmm. your heart rate like can't go down unless you're stopping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you just continuously run, it just has nowhere to go but climb. Whereas yeah. if you're hitting pads, there's little moments where your body's just mm. dialed down a little bit. Yeah. So it's like a huge spike to chill, the yeah. huge spike to chill where the running is just a slow, steady spike. I wonder how the whoop strap would track like grappling, you know, like doing, yeah. doing rolls. Cause there's I mean, so much like tension. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, I don't know, I guess like it doesn't like it. I don't know. It doesn't really, um, it doesn't track it as good as I would like to, like even with lifting weights, Yeah. like as hard as like, you know, when I do like my 10 sets of pull-ups, like this shit's hard. Like I'm like, you know, grunting and squeezing all my muscles, but then like the strain won't be that high. Yeah. But they did just start, they, they updated and they, they have like a new thing where it's tracking like your your actual just stress, not physical strain, but stress itself. Hmm. So I wonder if that's going to start to play a factor mm -hmm. as well. Because like, Interesting. you know, you're when you're doing pull-ups or like a, a workout or grappling, yeah. that should be spiking your stress levels. Yeah. You know, stressful mm -hmm. situations. So yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure. Because, I mean, I do 25 minutes of rolling in the gi, and you know that material is, like, ridiculously thick. Right. 25 minutes of rolling, and usually, like, Monday, Wednesday nights, that my pants, my jacket, it's soaked right through, you know? Right. And you're just like, man, I wonder how many calories I just burned. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, again, it's tracking your heart rate, your stress levels. You'd think it would be able yeah. to. I wonder. I wonder if anyone, like, I think Callie's rocking the whoop strap, but she's got something that's tracking it. Well, I think Steve, well, Steve had the aura ring. Yeah, I know Callie has the aura ring too. Oh. I wonder if that tracks like the whoop strap does for grappling. Yeah, I wonder. Because I think that. Steve was doing that for a while, but I haven't talked to him in a while. Right. So. Um, I was thinking this too, because I've been, like, I hit pads this morning. I did Saturday, Patterday. <laughs> You know how we were saying, like, I don't know if, like, long distance runs is going to, like, help, like, with martial arts. Mm. Man, I, th I think it's going to. And the reason I think it's going to, it's not necessarily, like, the actual cardiovascular part, which I actually think it still will. But I, um, I think because the running, especially, like, marathon type running, it's so long that you get so much time to, like, battle yourself mm -hmm. in your head it's not such a, an intense rush of, um, I don't know, like physical exertion where you yeah. don't have time to think really. Yeah. It's like you're really redlining and pushing yourself, but because it's drawn out for such a long period of time, you get to like keep revisiting like this physical pain and mental connection to your body. Yeah. And you're kind of having this conversation with yourself and like yeah. battling it. Yeah. And I felt even in the pad round with Chris, like we finished really strong. He was like really working me on the pads. And I remember I literally was like in the middle of the pad session, tired thinking like I got way more in the tank. Like I was very coherent of like I was gassed yeah. but I was like I knew I had so much more because yeah. when I'm running sometimes I'm like man like I'm getting tired but I'm like you have so much more yeah you just keep pushing and so yeah. I feel like that those little conversations in my head I'm hoping is gonna like trickle into my martial art training mm -hmm. interesting where it's like I can have those little like um win those battles a little bit easier yeah be a little more coherent yeah. you know what I found so I knew my body wasn't in running shape yet but um, I've been in pretty good like grappling shape recently. I'm not quite where I want to be. I'm like probably two or three weeks out to being like competition ready. But um, I noticed like my lungs were good for the run. It was just literally like my legs, right. muscles getting sore and, and me being like, okay, if I keep running longer, like I'm going to, my, my legs and my shin splints are going to be ridiculous for the right. next week. But I was like, but my lungs feel great. My breathing feels good. So that was a good sign. Um, yeah. One thing I really like I just feel like we're, 
I mean, we always kind of are, but I love when you're in that mode, when you're just focused on getting in really good shape, you know, like I, I kind of have competing in, you know, in, in mind for the next month or so nice. potentially you're, you're training for this marathon. I love pushing yourself to be like, I want to get in great conditioning shape. It's when I'm the most happy in life. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I feel like when I, when I have something very concrete to focus on, I, um, I just feel happier and that might, maybe that's messed up, but, and I'll say this too, it's kind of made me laugh. I don't know if it's a good thing. Aaron's probably like, you're such an idiot. <laughs> but, um, I guess her friends have like kind of this, like this bet to see who's going to like get uh, engaged first or something like that. And so one of them thought they were like, when Aaron got back from the Dominican, her friend was like, Oh, I thought Jesse was going to like propose. To <laughs> and she was like, she laughed and she's like, nah, he's too focused on the marathon. <laughs> and I kind of laughed. Cause I'm like, yeah, if I have like a fight coming up or a marathon or something that gets me like excited and dialed in, it's like, man, I'm just kind of like blinders on. I'm just yeah. like, this is what matters right yeah. now. You yeah. know? But yeah. Maybe chuckle. And, and it's funny too, because, um, like nobody would really, nobody really knows when you're kind of in that mode, you know, like everybody's always like, okay, like Jesse's always in shape, you know, he always looks this kind of the same and Ryan's always in pretty good shape. He always looks the same. Saying you haven't noticed my gains, bro. <laughs> but it's like, we as individuals know when we're like, okay, like I, I can push right now. I can dig deep right now. Like my training is in right now. Yeah. And we know when it's like, I'm kind of soft. I've been, you know, maybe it's the holidays, this and that. And you still look the same you know, to most people, but right. you know, it's like, I don't have that grit in me that I do when I'm like four, six, yeah. eight weeks into like pushing myself. It's definitely a mindset shift. Yeah. Hey, it's yeah. like the mind that shifts a little bit and it just tells the body. It's like, you got to give a little more now. Yeah. We got, it's like competitions coming up. Yeah. You have to give more. Yeah. You know, and it takes time to get there. Yeah. Like you could train hard, you know, like, let's say you were sick, for example, um, you could train your ass off for the next two, three weeks. But no matter how hard you train, you're just not there yet. You need like another few weeks to get there. Right. And that's where I feel now is like, I'm, I, I shook off that cold that I had a few weeks ago and like, I'm in good shape now, but I'm not where I need to be to like compete. And I know like two more weeks, I'll be like, okay, I could do like, you know, 10 rounds like, yeah. and, and feel good after, you know? Do do you have a competition? Is there one that you're like uh, eyeing right now or signed up for or um, going to? No, there's that Abu Dhabi one May 13th in Regina. It's a gi only tournament. That's the one I want to do. But um, the only other guy at Brown Belt in my division is an in-fight affiliate from Regina who uh, I know pretty well. He's oh, a yeah. super good dude. And I, I rolled with him at Christmas. And um, like I'm just like I'm trying to decide if it's worth it to go there. Right. You know, it's almost like if it's just you going against someone from your gym or someone that you know, it's like, I mean, I've competed against like Scotty before. I've competed against people from my gym, but right. it's almost nice when you don't know it's the way, person. It's way better. You know, and yeah. for the trip, for the money, for everything that's involved, I'm like, maybe I should just eye up a different tournament. So yeah. I don't really know. Um, you know, Adam Wayne? Yes. Yeah. He he said, he's like, hey, I um, if you're interested in like this invitational only in Calgary in May... Um, I could probably get you a spot. So he just sent me like the link. Oh yeah. But it's on the same day that we have a black belt seminar um, coming to our gym. Okay. So like I don't know, but I might sign up for that CSI again this this summer. Mm. It's funny we were talking about competing this week after jujitsu, and I don't know why, but the least nervous I've ever been for anything was the sub only tournament where there's like a big crowd there and right. like you walk out and stuff. That's a cool setup. I don't know why, but for that one, man, I was just excited. Yeah. Did you perform well? I performed well, but I didn't get the finish. Okay. You know? So essentially I, I it was a draw. I, I didn't, right. I didn't do shit, but I felt good. I controlled uh, them the whole time. I did what I wanted. I just couldn't get the submission. And the next thing you know, it was over. Did you do anything to put yourself in that calm state or was it just naturally you just felt like not no, you felt no pressure, like no anxiety. You just like felt good for that competition. Or did you do, did you do anything for it? I'm saying that because of that Corey Sandhagen podcast, he talked a lot about mindset and okay. how it shifts over time. And I just felt excited, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I would think that all eyes on me would make me more nervous and give me more pressure, but something about those gym tournaments when there's four people competing at the same time and like, there's not a lot of people there. Like that was just more nerve wracking right. for me. Whereas yeah. like, Hey, like I get to have like my music and like Adam and Callie and Scotty are competing. We're kind of going up as a team. Nice. And like, I don't know, man, I was just like, 
maybe it was the lack of anxiety knowing that I only had one round, yeah, one seven minute round. So I didn't have that fear of exhaustion. A little bit more, um, you're in control as well. When you go to those other ones, you don't know how many matches you're going to have. Yeah, or so who you, you're going to go against. Exactly. Do you get a bye to the finals or just, you know? Well, you said it that you felt excited. Remember yeah. we talked about last episode? That's more testosterone and then uh, adrenaline mm. and less cortisol. Yeah. If you were like, like in this girl I follow, she does a lot of public speaking things. And obviously public speaking is one of the most terrifying things you can do. You're going on stage, you have like a presentation. Yeah. And, she like made a little poll, but she was just saying like, do you view, do you view public speaking as like, like terrifying or a fun challenge? And then like, that was that exact thing. It's like, if it's like terrifying for you and then you still have to go and perform, you're probably going to bomb yeah. because you just have so much cortisol, you freeze up a little bit. But if it's like a fun, exciting challenge, like you stay loose, yeah. you compete well, win or lose, you still compete well, you feel good. Do you know what I think it was? I, I think... I think it comes down to knowing I only had seven minutes. So I'm like, yeah. I can leave it all out there. I'm not going to gas. And then also knowing like we were just coming off of that Denver trip. I'm hanging out with like you and Kurt and Adam and all these pro fighters, Dwayne Ludwig running in the mountain. I was just like, I'm in a good place. I'm ready. Right. I just felt ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of months here. Nice. Yeah. Who's it? That, that Corey Sanhagen podcast was interesting. Like, yeah. I don't know if you, did you listen to it? Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just really cool. Like it, it just shows you the journey that like, not just fighters, but athletes have to go through. Yeah. Like look at all the trial and error. Like the one fight that he had, he said he felt flat. So it's like you almost, he almost got himself too calm. You do all this meditation practices. You sit there, you're Zen. You're like, okay, hey, calm. A calm fighter is yeah. a good fighter. Don't be mad. And then he got his ass kicked. He's like, fuck that approach aggressive i'm gonna kill these dudes like i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking smash these guys like yeah. aggression aggression yeah and then like he didn't like that either he felt like really tense like yeah. he couldn't really think that well and then what was like his latest thing it was like well and then he said like it worked for me at the time right it worked for a couple fights and then it got to the point where like it just wasn't authentic anymore right and it took the fun out of his fight camp mm. and like the thing that i'm reading right now like do hard things doing hard things when you're not having fun you're not going to progress you don't learn as well you learn so much better when you're playful and you're having fun yeah it's like why light sparring is so important Mm. like you don't want to be trying new techniques or new defensive tactics when you're sparring someone who's trying to knock you out Mm -hmm. like it's a little dangerous so it's like you go someone controlled and you're having fun you're smiling you're trying stuff you know um, and so, yeah, he said like, yeah, I remember that was what it was. It was the fight camp where he noticed like, why am I even doing this? If I'm a miserable, bitter, angry guy that always has all this rage and aggression that I'm always like, oh, I'm going to knock these guys out and everything's got to be like neurotic and psycho with my training. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, this isn't sustainable. Like yeah, I need to back exactly. off and have fun again and remember why I got into martial arts to begin with. Cause I think he had like six weeks left in his camp and he's like, I can't keep doing this even for like another five years of my career. Right. And then he's like, I just have to like appreciate the moments and have fun and just like take this in and enjoy yeah. the process. But and it's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting though, how he said, um, and I kind of agree with him, but he said, when you first start out, like in an athletic endeavor, like whatever your thing is, or even if it's like running a business or, you know, fighting, running, you almost have to be like a little bit neurotic and like psycho with it at the beginning to just to get as high level as you can. And especially yeah. when you're young and you have that energy yeah. and you got that piss and vinegar in you. But then I remember he said like that, the older you get, like most guys will back off that. Like even if you read David Goggins first book, can't hurt me mm-hmm. animal savage then you read his second book never finished still a savage still an animal way more calm way more methodical way yeah. more grown up way more mature way more intelligent yeah it, but it's like started out like a lunatic like most young athletes do and over time you're like i can't sustain this like i'm 35 i'm pushing 40 whatever the age is and then all of a sudden you get a little wiser with your training you get more like mature with your endeavor you know yeah 
And it's not a bad thing. It's just, I think it's important to be able to adapt like that, you know? Yeah. I think it's like a natural cycle. Like yeah. your body just can't keep pretending that it's 20. Yeah. You know? And Corey, you know, he said he was pretty much broke down on his couch. He was like in tears thinking like, this isn't fun anymore. Like, oh, I yeah. don't even know if like, I don't even know if I want to fight. Right. And it just shows you that like everybody is human. Everybody yeah. has these demons and these internal battles that they just have to figure out. You know? Right. Yeah. But you know, it is interesting. This is just, I'm going to jump back to running real quick. Cause I just remembered it now. Um, running form, you know, when we were running and I was like, look at how lucky runs. Yeah. Like on the balls of his feet. Yeah. And then as we're running, I'm like, I'm like thinking about like form a lot because I'm watching like anytime you do any kind of endeavor, if, if you're, if you're getting into fighting, why wouldn't you watch the best fighters in the world to learn? Like if you're getting into real estate, why wouldn't you like watch some YouTube videos of like top selling like salespeople or something? Yeah. You're always wanting to watch the best. Yeah. So getting ready for a marathon, I'm like, oh, who is the best marathoner? I'm going to watch this dude. Yeah. And I just watched YouTube video breakdowns of the way this guy was running. Mm. And man, there's very like subtle technical things that he's doing that like you would never notice it until they run it in slow motion and they do these little you know they run the red lines through their bodies so you can really see what what they're doing and how they're running um but with lucky running i remember he kept saying that he had he had sore like his toes would just blister up and they would like they would they'd be really sore his toes but he's a ball of the foot runner so every time he was running, I was watching him and it was, it was, it was stabbing in this way. Mm. There wasn't like a smooth, like transition to roll. What did they say? Like, um, heel ball toe or whatever. Yeah. That, there's that a, legit. Yeah. Well, I'm, this is going to be a disaster for those listening and there is a name for it. But when you watch the world record holder for a marathon, he's not just touching his heels. Like if you look at my foot or like my hand right here, like this is the heel, obviously it's not doing this. It's actually doing this. See how it's like, like it, it, a slight game. angle. Yeah. yeah. There's something that he's doing mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, it, it helps like, yeah. And again, I don't know what it is, but I was watching him and I'm trying to like run like that now. I'm trying to yeah. like slowly mimic that into my running style, but there is definitely a necessity for good form for long distance running. percent. Right. Like if you have bad form and I'm not just like saying lucky, like he's a, he's a good runner, especially for his size. But if you're running like that and you're getting like severe pain in a certain spot, you got to be like, Hey, something might be off here. It might not be just like my legs aren't in shape enough. It might literally be my form just is technique. so just technique. Yeah. You know? Well, that's like with, um, you, you know, those like the bike racing, like what Lance Armstrong was doing it, that kind of marathon long distance stuff. It's just a sport of like centimeters. Like what little differences can you do? Not only to get the advantage and win, but to like sustain yourself. That's you know? what it is. Yeah. It's like not even centimeters from first place to second place, but that little slight adjustment might be the difference you of you four more miles. Yeah. Or you blowing your hamstring yeah. out or having severe knee pain when you're older. Yeah. You know, it's so yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm really trying to like watch form and just be very cautious, like conscious of that. Yeah. Even head position arm position back core yeah. like running like placing your foot right under your hip while you run so it's not loaded outside your hip mm. like there's a bunch of just little oh, tactical right. things that i'm trying to like run very efficiently yeah even with like walking you know like yeah. a lot of us probably including myself don't walk with good form and right that's the kind of thing that gets you these long-term ailments because your hip is just a little bit out of place or whatever yeah yeah exactly and it, and it could be from like a sport injury that you never got healed and now it just it, it like messed up your gait and just the way that you walk yeah you know yeah. Like duck footed or your toes point in or whatever yeah totally but um you mentioned something before just to switch it up about um like that inner conversation with your mind mm -hmm. um, and it reminded me of something i was reading this morning so in in this book i'm reading limitless it's it's not like my favorite book but the last quarter of this book is getting pretty interesting because it's on like speed reading and how to like basically how to learn better and how to like read faster and that sort wow. of thing and um it's really interesting so like would you consider yourself a fast reader or slow reader you know what it's funny i'm a slow reader but i will say that every time i hear someone say like um, listen to an audiobook because it's faster or like learn how to speed read I immediately I'm like no yeah well why can't I just read slowly I get like a little bit <laughs> yeah, of like why is everything got to be fast paced yeah. like you want to fucking 
a drive through at every corner at fat, you know, fast food, fast reading, yeah. a podcast. I'm like, no, let me just slowly read my book and yeah. highlight, but go ahead. Which is fine. Yeah. But, but I love that too. Like I'm with you on reading as opposed to audiobooks. Audiobooks are great, but I love that quote that reading for the mind is what working out is to the body. Yeah. It just exercises your mind. Yeah. And you got no other distraction. You can't multitask and read a book. Exactly. It forces I, you to focus. And in today's world, we need that. Yeah. You know? I see some people going for a walk and reading their book. I feel like just smacking their book out of their hand. Like, There's no way yeah. you're reading properly, yeah. walking, yeah. looking out for traffic and shit. Like, are you really just absorbing anything? Yeah, like, you're yeah. just like, want to look smart and yeah. go for a walk with a book. Yeah. Have you ever measured how many words per minute you read? No. So in this book, there's kind of a little test for that too. And apparently the average person reads 150 to 250 words per minute. And it kind of shows you how to do it. It seems like a lot. I, mine was 280, except for, I kind of feel like I was a little biased. Like I probably didn't retain it as well as I should. Cause I felt like rushed, right. you know, but, um, I, so here's a couple of, here's a couple of ways you can read faster. I know that you, um, I think we talked about this before, but I've watched videos on this. One of the ways is to like use your finger. What do they call it? Like a visual pacer. Yeah. So basically, if you can picture yourself reading a book, you're using your finger and underlining and moving your finger across the pages as you read across all the lines. And it's because this is what I actually found interesting. So when we read quietly, we have that voice in your head that's basically, you know, talking in your head and it's basically reading. Yeah. And when we read like that, our the speed of how we read is limited by our talking speed and not our thinking speed because we can think way faster than we can talk right. but with that inner voice you can only talk so fast it's just like in real life so when you use that visual pacer or your finger to just shuffle through the the, the lines like our eyes just follow motion right. and you'll realize you can like take in all this information and your eyes just naturally follow that mm. visual pacer or finger which i kind of played with and i'm like okay i can read faster and i'm still retaining this but, but the other thing too is, yeah, it's like, why rush? You know, I want to enjoy reading for you, let's say. And, and some people say like, well, I, people who speed read, they don't really retain it all and comprehend everything they're reading. But he had a kind of a cool example in the book is kind of like, if you read too slow, sometimes you bore yourself, which makes your mind wander. Mm. And he, he used an analogy of, let's say you're driving through a neighborhood at like 30 kilometers an hour. It's like, okay, you're sipping your latte. You're like seeing the kids playing, like... You're driving, but you're paying attention to all this extra stuff. You just go on your phone. It's way more entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're on like a speed track in like a NASCAR, you dialed. are like dialed, tunnel vision, right. fully focused. And he's saying that when you're reading fast, if you're doing it right, you're like ultra focused. Interesting. And your mind won't wonder because you're just like on that racetrack. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I wonder if it's like... Um, I don't know. I'm, my mind just on running. I wonder if it's like you related to like running, like a super slow recovery run can sometimes be like really boring. Yeah. Like these, like, like they always say you're supposed to run in zone one and two. I've never been in zone one and two. Yeah. The, I know I'm supposed to, but that bores me to death. It's so slow. Um, so yeah, I feel like if you're running like that, you almost get bored. Your mind just wants, you're like, what am I even yeah. doing? It's like yin yoga. That one class we did where yeah. we just sat there and then we just got up and left. Yeah. Cause we're like, that was it. Break, hey, a like, didn't even break a sweat. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. But you think about that. It's like, even, even sometimes let's say you're having one of those days where you just, you know, you want to lift, but you're just like, fuck, I don't feel like getting after it today. And you just, you know, you, after each set, you're like, okay, I have like three quarters of my workout left. And you're just like, you kind of struggling through the whole workout. Whereas if you force yourself to do, and I'm just thinking off, off the cuff here, but you force yourself to do like um, supersets, you superset everything, minimal breaks, and you're just going, getting to it, you just force yourself to, it's like you're just way more into it and focused because you don't have that time to be like, okay, how much more do I have to do? Right. What else? You, you, just, you just fucking do the thing and you're in the mode. You know? That's why I don't like stopping when I run. Yeah. That's why like, I like to just run. Yeah. Cause if I stop, I'm stopping and starting, I yeah. start to think like, yeah. how much more time do I have to go? Yeah. It's like, bitch, you know how much far you have to go. You know where you parked, you know where you started the run. That's yeah. how, that's where you got to get to. Yeah. So sometimes when I stop, I'm like, I start to think about all that shit. But when you just keep running, you just keep running and you yeah. just dialed in. But as soon as the stopping happens frequently, then you're just like, how much time do we have? How sore are my legs? Do my ankles hurt? Are my knees okay? Yeah. You know? Totally. Um, 
that's all I had to say on speed reading. I'm kind of all <laughs> over the place here, but I wanted to ask you about this and we haven't got a chance to talk about it yet. It's a little bit in the past now, but it might be interesting. So did you, did you watch the Alex Pereira versus Alex Pereira? Have you want to say his name <laughs> versus um, Izzy fight? Yeah, I did. Uh, no, I watched the highlights. Didn't okay. watch the whole fight. Um, man, I fucking jumped out of my chair when I seen that live. Um, I loved watching all the reactions that he was posting. What did you think? Do you know the story with the kids and him pointing? Mm -hmm. Okay. So for everybody that might not know, this was the fourth time they fought twice. Israel Adesanya against Alex Pereira, Pereira, um, two times in kickboxing, two times in the UFC, Alex Pereira is three, and zero. they have their last fight in the UFC. Israel knocks him out. Um, in one of their kickboxing matches, he knocked out Israel bad and Alex Pereira's son, who was probably like four at the time, came in the ring and just like pretended he like, he fell to the ground and pretended he just got like knocked out and he's like knocked out dead right in front of Israel. Just like very disrespectful. Yeah. But you're also a four year old, whatever. And then, so after this last fight, Israel knocks Pereira out bad. And then he looks and he finds Alex Pereira's son, who's probably like 11 or 12 now. Yeah. And he points him out through the octagon, makes eye contact, and then he does the same thing and he falls and pretends he's dead just because he knocked this guy's dad out. What do you think about that? Dude, it's okay. <laughs> I, I found it, I was talking to Taryn about this and I just, I thought it was so funny that like Israel Adesanya like finally beats his like nemesis, like yeah. the guy that beat him three times. Yeah. Like to overcome a mental hurdle like that, yeah. to face someone that's not, that slept you twice or once for sure, TKO the second time, but beat yeah. you three times. Scary dude. Yeah. So to overcome that mental hurdle. Crazy. Dude in the biggest stage ever, UFC, and to have the knockout, the crowd going absolutely apeshit. The first thing that Izzy thinks about is where's that little shit at? <laughs> like, but that allows you to tap inside the mind of greatness. You don't think those people take shit personally? Like, look, again, we talk Michael about Michael Jordan, Jordan all yeah. the time, man. We talk about these greats. Man, they don't forget shit. Yeah. They take it personally and they will hold it to them and they use it as fuel. Yeah. And that was a perfect example of Izzy probably bottling that shit up, being like, you wait, I'm going to get you back. Yeah. And he finally had his chance. And now look, is it kind of petty? Yeah, whatever. He admitted to it. He's like, yeah, I'm petty, bitch. Like, what do you want? It probably felt so good. Do you know what else is cool? I loved it. I thought it was great. Oh, I think man. that Pereira should have probably smacked his kid upside the head when he just dropped dead and mocking a professional athlete unconscious next to him. It's not like he took a loss. Like, that could have changed his life. Like, if I feel like if I was a dad and my kid did that, you'd be getting a talking to, man. Very disrespectful. That'd be the, that'd be the last time I ever let you step foot in, uh, in a cage yeah. with me. Like, if you're going to be that disrespectful, like, you better learn a lesson. Like, you can't do that. It's almost like there's that one boxing weigh-in that's famous, and the one guy's son comes up to the to the to the his dad's opponent and the dad's opponent kind of embraces the kid and then the kid like punches the guy in the nuts wow and they like grab the kid away and like if, if that was my son i'd oh. be like you don't ever do that again yeah that's so disrespectful yeah and look i it almost reminds me of like the time that like, allegedly those kids got beat up outside our house for breaking and entering yeah like bet you learned a lesson yeah got your ass kicked bet you learned a lesson though <laughs> and now like that kid Bet you learn a lesson. Yeah. Millions of people just watch you get fucking schooled by one of the greatest fighters yeah. of all time while your dad is snoring on the octagon. Yeah. Let that sink Talk in. Talk about karma. Bit. Bro, karma. Crazy. And like, I was, I hear Patrick Bet David talk about this, but he was saying how like, like the typical North American parent versus Middle Eastern parents. He's like, typical North American parent is almost just listening to their kid and almost letting them like run shit and just do whatever they want. Like there's very little obedience yeah. nowadays just in general whatever middle eastern he's like you think you can talk back to a middle eastern parent and i've heard like some of like my friends that were middle eastern like they get smacked upside the head they yeah. get like a iron fist yeah. more often than not yeah and i feel like that was an iron fist for that kid that kid probably like was like oh yeah okay like this is real shit <laughs> like my dad's snoring and i just got like laughed at by the world yeah so i'm just gonna go ahead and just like cross my arms Crazy. and sit back and not post anything else on social media ever again and the kids are like crying and then izzy came and did that yeah see part of me when I, i'm like yes karma yeah love it that's what you deserve <laughs> also <And> it, trauma <laughs> the bigger part of me is like it's a kid it's a kid yeah. i think it would have been more impactful and sent more of a message 
if you would have after the fight went and embraced the kid and been like, your dad's a warrior, he's going to be okay. And then after the kid would probably be like, I was such a piece of shit when I was younger because like, look at how honorable this man is. He could have made fun of me and he was like there embracing me when my dad got hurt. Right. Like, fuck man. You know, like that would almost have stung for the kid more, but I don't know. I'm just happy for Izzy. Like, yeah. Like, can you imagine that weight he's been... This one nemesis. Right. He's like the god of the UFC division. And there's this one guy that, like, Like just has his number. And, um, man, he was... I was scared for Izzy before Izzy knocked him out. Alex looked like he hit harder. He's just a little bigger. Izzy was just close, but he was a little out of range with the shots. I'm like, man, this is going to go bad. I was like, Israel's going to get knocked out again. Yeah. And then he did that. And I was like, oh my God. The most impressive thing is like punching out of that shell. And I actually did a private with Derek this morning. Every Saturday we do a private and uh, he likes high guard a lot. So do I. And um, one of the bad things with a high guard is that you can get your gloves pinned to your head because people just keep punching you and you're kind of stuck here. It's hard to punch off of that high guard, that that high shell. And you look at Izzy and he's like playing that high guard, but man, he's just so like coherent in there. Yeah. And then as soon as he like found his little window of opportunity and found that opening, he just let the hands go right away. But that's when you could get knocked out too. And he could have easily gotten slept right there. Cause as soon as you go to yeah. punch, that means nobody's home at your head. Yeah. You don't have like a security guard at home. Your face is exposed, but you have to just let something go. Cause if you'd have just kept shelling up, it would have been a repeat of their last fight. So yeah, it was good. It was good. I was I was happy for Izzy. Those two hands were lightning speed. Yeah. And then that third punch he threw, the right hand that got him, it was like right on the behind the ear on the temple. Yeah. It was just like a baseball bat to the head. Back of the head. That was a bad knockout. I felt yeah. bad for Alex. I was like, man, that's that's like one of those ones that'll change you, you know? And, right. Yeah. But um, I was just so happy because, like, man, I was actually cheering for Alex. I kind of became more of a Pereira fan, but um, I like I just have so much. I can respect like so much the journey of Israel and how satisfying that must have been. And apparently that fight camp, like he was like not fucking around. And yeah. Just that belief in yourself of like, okay, I'm down three. Like I still believe in myself. I'm right. still the champ. I still have it in me. Just that whole story, man. And like, if he would have lost that fight, his career would have went in such a different direction. Like oh, yeah. people would, okay, Izzy fell off. Yeah. And now he's like the goat again. Yeah. Because of that one thing. And like, it's incredible, it, man. I, I wonder what his mindset was because like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story, but I posted this thing about like, um, like negative and positive self-talk. Yes, I did see that. I thought that was really that. interesting. Like, I wonder, um, I wonder if like after losing to a guy three times, if he genuinely just was like really like still had enough self-esteem to be like, man, like you got this guy, like you can do this. And he was like kind of encouraging himself through the fight camp and really like building belief ar- around obviously hard work. That's number one. Um, but then also just kind of like whether it's mantras or just like words of encouragement and having that positivity in your head, yeah. or if it got to a point where he was like, almost had to get aggressive with himself. Like, come on, you bitch, like fucking, uh, like, I wonder, I wonder what was going on inside his head. If it yeah. was like positive self-talk or negative self-talk. Cause what did the thing said? It said it was like positive, positive self-talk works really good. If you have like high, self-esteem. high self-esteem, yeah. but if you have low self-esteem, you can't trick yourself. Exactly. You you're can't fool yourself, yourself into yeah. being like, Oh yeah, you got this. Even yeah. though your mind is actually saying you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You're not worth anything. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but then I was thinking, I was like, well, then what do you do? Do you just like talk negatively about yourself or do you have to like start yeah. slowly <laughs> building confidence elsewhere? You yeah. Know? Build that self-esteem. Yeah. It just shows his belief and like his, his, yeah, wholehearted belief in himself, you know? Yeah. And, like, think about that right when he finished that bow and arrow thing that he was shooting yeah. in him. That was gangster. That, How crazy was that? It's one of, That's one of the biggest, like, comebacks in UFC history. Like, to, to lose to someone three times and then to come back and starch him like that. and Fucking incredible. I think that's his thing, that bow and arrow walkout. It's all intimidating. He knocks you dead, stands over you, and puts three arrows in you. And then snaps the thing. Fuck, man. That is crazy. Talk about, like, more than a sport. That's, like, 
such an iconic thing that happened and to like witness that yeah like was that the was that the same was that when donald Donald trump mike tyson and kid rock and dana white were sitting there too yeah donald trump's probably like this is wild apparently that place would be electric (laughs) there's a video from like a weird angle and Kid Rock and Donald Trump must have betted on that fight oh. because right as like Izzy celebrating and stuff, everyone's standing up. Um, Donald Trump's like handing cash over, <laughs> cash over to Kid to uh, Kid Rock, Kid Rock to Kid yeah. Rock. That's funny. Yeah, man, so yeah. funny. But apparently, yeah, that gate in Miami was like huge. Like that card did like really well. It was like yeah. the sixth biggest UFC of all time. No shit, eh? But um, huh. yeah, it was just just crazy, man. Like what a fucking sport, man. And what like sport. just moments like that, you know, like some. Sometimes watching a fight card, it's long and it's, you know, not, not every fight card is that significant, but when you get a witness live moments like that moments, like on my 30th birthday, we were at BP's and we got to see live Masvidal do that running knee on oh, Ben yeah. Askren. Right. Like when you get to f- see moments like that, it's fucking crazy. Like that's you don't we really just, forget that. That's why we just love watching sports, man. Yeah. Humans just love watching competition at the yeah. highest level, yeah. you know, especially when it's like close and you don't know, you actually don't know who's going to win. Um, like remember when TJ Dillashaw beat Cody Garbrandt, like Kurt Southern was like standing on the tables at BP's. Like we were all like, yeah, dude, that, that was crazy because Rose beat Ioana the first time. Yeah. Crazy. Like it's a head kick or something. Yeah. Or left hook. Oh, left hook. Yeah. That's what it was. And then TJ beat Garbrandt and then GSP beat Bisping. Yeah. That That was was like an electric night. I remember laying in bed that night and being like, what a ride. And that was like good versus evil too. Because Cody was talking mad shit against TJ. Um, Rose and uh, Young Jacek. Young Jacek was kind of being a little bitch almost. eh? And then Rose is like the most humble girl coming up, hard worker. And then Bisping talking to GSP. So it was like kind of the good guys versus the bad guys. And all the good guys won that night. Yeah, spectacular finishes. That was crazy. Um... Do you have any super obvious red flags? Like, I know we both have uh, ladies, but what's like a really obvious red flag? Like in a relationship kind of a thing? Like if you were like, let's say you went on like a date with someone, like, is there something that you'd like see that you'd be like, oh, hell no. Like, you know, they smoke cigarettes or they like, they have like a certain belief or something. Just something that's like, absolutely no. Um, There's... There's a lot, you know yeah. what I mean? I, um, I have one that's a little bit random and it's probably something that nobody's going to think of. I, I'd like to hear what yours is. Okay. It, 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 we don't have to spend a lot of time. I just, for some reason, man, I, I, I saw, I saw someone driving the other day and this is, this is my red flag. If you stomp on the gas and stomp on the brake, if you drive like that, Heavy on the gas, heavy on the brake. I'm not. I'm not into it. Yeah. That tells me you're yeah. probably neurotic. You make quick decisions. <laughs> not into it. You're too like intense and scattered for me. And you could be calm as shit. But for some reason, man, when I see people, and this could just be for guys too. If I just see someone like, and they're like always like doing this shit. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I was like watching people like a little bit the other day, and I was like, fuck you. Yeah, you know? I don't like that at all. Drive more calm. We had an experience like that when we were in a truck with somebody and they were driving like a crazy person and we're like, hey man, what the fuck's your problem? Do I know this person? Yeah, you were in the truck. Was this us. reason? No, this was like probably like eight years ago, nine years ago. Were they on blow? No. Oh. We can, we can, <laughs> we've had some times. No, we can, we can talk after, but I remember we're like, hey, drive normal, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's um. just like. Is this, you think we're going to yeah. think this is cool? Like, right. you're fucking going to kill us here. Man, I can't think of who that is. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. There's, it's, I, I would, I would maybe in the past, I would, because I'm like a very clean OCD person. I would maybe, like if somebody was like super messy and just whatever, but now I'm with somebody who, I don't want to say she's super messy, but we're quite different. Like she just doesn't care about like it's the tedious nice little things that I, that you're, she's messy. <laughs> we're quite different. You know, I don't want to say she's messy, but like we're quite different. But it's like when you, when you actually love somebody and you're really into each other and you have like a lot of things in common and then them being messy is the one thing it's like, yeah, it's workable and you but, can be, yeah. you know, you can kind of compromise a little bit and be like, Hey, this isn't like the be all end all of, of, of life. Yeah, it's like with Aaron and I. It's like love her to death, but every frying pan, the eggs caked on. Yeah. 
don't do that. Because <laughs> then every time I go to make eggs, I got to scrape your old eggs yeah. off and then make my eggs. Yeah. <laughs> but I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's compromise. Yeah. But um, it's funny that you said that initially, like the smoking thing. It's funny because like I smoke weed, but if I were a single guy and a girl smoked cigarettes, like, I don't know if I could date you. I'm not, I'm not I couldn't do it. Oh, no, absolutely. I just can't. I don't like the smell. So it's like, I don't want to be around, like, it'd yeah. be like, um, uh, what did Aaron say that I smelled like the one time? Mildew. When I was living in the van, she's like, you kind of smell like mildew. And I'm like, well, that's not good. <laughs> but if I bet if I felt it smelled like that all the time, she'd be like, I can't be with you. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I don't want to, I don't just want to smell shit all the time. Yeah. It's like, I want to be like attracted to you and like yeah. want to have sex. Yeah. And it's like, you stink. So it's like, yeah, if somebody smells like cigarettes all the time, I'm like, it just can't work. Yeah. Yeah. If you were like in that phase where you're just like hooking up with people, you're just trying to, you know, have a one night stand. It's like, Hey, if she smokes, she pokes. Yeah. But yeah. if you're trying to date someone, like I, I couldn't do it personally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you hear, uh, <laughs> did you hear Larry wheels on raw talk by chance? No, I didn't. So he talked about trend, you know, like the steroid. Yeah. I don't even know what trend stands for. Um, Trenable. That sounds sounds about right. right, eh? So I like it when guys like him talk about this. Like so like this Larry Wheels guy, apparently he's like um he was like a strong man. Like he's got a bunch of wet records for like powerlifting. He's just an ox of a dude. Used so many steroids. But anyway, he's on this podcast with on Raw Talk talking to Bradley Martin. And Bradley's just kind of like they're they're talking, they're getting to know each other, and the guy's like, yeah, like I've done I've done like a bunch of drugs, and Bradley Martin's like, oh no shit, like what? And he's like, oh like you know just like weed, I drank a lot, uh, crystal meth, and he's like, you just went from weed, alcohol to crystal meth. And he's like, what else have you done? He's like, like everything except for what did he say? Oh yeah, I think he's done he's done everything but heroin. So this guy he talks about like yeah all the drugs that he's done. And then at the end, he was like, the the drug that messed me up the most, messed up my hormones the most, gave me the most like depression, anger, rage, Tren. Tren was the worst drug hmm. for me mentally. He's like, that that drug, he's like, whatever it did, man, he's like, it just made me like hate myself, hate other people. I got angry. He had all these like emotional roller coaster type <laughs> symptoms of like doing Tren. And so it was like kind of like a, it's a nice when guys like that talk about because bro, I think a lot of young people are starting to dabble in like like the SARMs and like just these weird steroids. Here, like a lot of girls do Anavar. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. So like I just think a lot of people are starting to like dabble and play with this at such a young age. And the one thing that I liked that he said was like, look, like because Bradley was like, do you regret any of it? And he's like, no. But he's like, I will say this. He's like, I got incredibly lucky. He's like, I had, um, he's like, I had a couple heart scares, like heart attack scares. He's like, I've had people in my family die of heart attacks. And he's like, that was always like alarming to me. Um, oh, I just, kids just went by the car and I got distracted in my conversation. Um, uh, there's always, there was always kids. It was always alarming to him. Oh yeah. But then he just said, he's like, I got lucky though, because for one, I didn't die. Didn't have a heart attack. Like I, I was like relatively okay <clears throat> during all of this steroid use. But he's like, too, he's like, I just, it's got to be worth the squeeze. Like, are you just doing steroids just because you want a six pack and you want to look good? Well, guess what? That might come with the price of suicidal thoughts, depression, rage, dick stop working. Like, are you okay with that? Yeah. Because he's like, in my mind, he's like, I was naturally very gifted. I had a very good work ethic early on. So I had the drive already, freak genetics. I was already a big, strong guy, like powerlifting more than most people on juice. Yeah. So he's like, if I do this, I think I can go to the top. And so he's exactly. like, that was my gamble. Exactly. He's like, I was rolling the dice being yeah. like, hey, if I do this, I'm going all in and this, yeah. I, I got to make this work. Yeah. And so he's like, I would do it, but... Again, I'm a genetic freak. I had the work ethic. I had phenomenal coaches. I had everything aligned just perfectly. And he's like, there's people just like me who did the same steroids as me, but had a heart attack and died or just didn't make it, got depressed, killed yeah. themselves, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So he's like, I just want you guys to know, like I wouldn't change it all and I, I would do it again, but there's a lot of luck involved here. Well, and there's some people that do it like one summer for a summer body. Maybe they get gyno, they get back right. knee, it fucks with their hormones and then they're off it. And it's like, was it worth it for that four months? Right. You know? Like, yeah. 
Well, that, and then he said, like, the, the worst part about it all is that you're hooked for life now. So you better have a good job exactly. because that's 500 a month, like, yeah. at least, like, for some of the good quality ones. Because yeah. he's like, there's no way you're going to do this thing and then come back to your sad, natural self where you can hardly push, like, a couple plates. Where, like, when you're on the shit, you just feel so strong. You feel incredible. Then you yeah. go off it. You're just weak and flubby. You know, like, and, and most people can't wrap their head around that and keep yeah. going without it. That's how I always even just feel about the pre-workout. It's like, I don't want to rely on something to get me to get after yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and, um, but, but, you know, that's my thing. Like, I don't know too much about whatever, any of these steroids or anything, but the way I look at it is, let's say it was a drug like heroin or ecstasy or whatever. There's that withdrawal that could be very, very difficult. You know, that, that, that physical withdrawal, the mental withdrawal, everything like that when you're trying to get off it. But with like a steroid messing with your hormones and like your endocrine system and how you produce more hormones and how, you know, you, you stop producing hormones like that changes the physiology of your body and your, and your, um, just like your being, yeah. like it, it changes you. And it's you know? tough because yeah, if you go on it for long enough, like apparently you have to take like a bunch of pills to try to like, you know, balance out your testosterone and your estrogen levels. And then, you know, let's say you have like some testosterone problems and then your wiener stops working. So now you're taking a pill to balance those hormones out. Then you're taking some kind of Viagra pill. And then maybe you get a little bit depressed because your wiener's not working. So now you want to go on another pill. And then like he kind of talked about like this chain yeah, reaction yeah, of exactly. events that will happen. Like once one thing goes off, North American way is to pop another pill for that problem. And then that pill will probably give you another problem. So take another one. And he's like, yeah. the cycle continues. This is going to segue into something good that I wanted to mention. But um, first on that, it's yeah. And then the thing is too, most people feel the need to get into these kind of things. How long or how? One hour. Okay. Most people feel the need to get into these things when they're just like young man, like yeah. 20 yeah. and we're not even developed yet. And like, yeah, I knew like 21 year olds who were doing steroids and then they're doing Coke and then they're doing Cialis right. like yeah. every weekend. And it's like, yeah, you guys, this isn't good, man. Like you're, you're, you're not even developed yet. It's bro. crazy, man. And this, so this James Smith that I follow, I've been watching a lot of his YouTube videos. He said like the reason he took it when he was a personal trainer was to look like a personal trainer. Yeah. And I think that like a lot of gym bros will do it because they're like, well, if I go to the gym, like, I need, I need to at least look like a gym bro. But like you forget the fact that you're going to the gym to better your health. You want to get stronger. You want to maybe perform better. It's not just about the looks. Like yeah, this vanity culture, right? Eh? And, and this guy, he kind of talked about. He kind of shit on like the 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 bodybuilding um, physique type fitness, just because he said that exact thing. Like he's like, I don't want you guys to mistake. Uh, having a six pack or some bodybuilder being on stage or some some chick doing a physique competition on stage who who might appear to have this lovely body but like that is the epitome of an unhealthy person and they'll admit it they're dehydrated to shit they're stressed to the gills they're on some messed up diet they're not getting any nutrients they couldn't perform to the 10 percent of their capabilities it'd be like me weight cutting for a fight the yeah. night before yeah you don't i don't compete then yeah. I need to rehydrate, refuel so I feel good. It's like when they're on stage, they're at their worst. Try getting those guys to play a basketball game. They're all pulling hamstrings. Oh man. They can't do they nothing. They can't run up the court. But in our mind, we've got so attached to like wanting to look like an eight pack ab and these big pecs and like for some people, yeah, you might have the genetics for the, for that to be realistic, but for most people, that's not fitness. Yeah, it's like an unrealistic thing. But everybody wants to go on the steroids so that they can look like that, so that they can be a personal trainer. But he's like, now he's like, I'm obsessed with jujitsu. He's like, I, he's like, I got like a little bit of a belly, but he's like, I'm still an in shape dude. Yeah, I train jujitsu six times a week. He's yeah. like, I compete all the time. But he's like, now he's like, I'm way more fit, but I look way shittier. So he's like, a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm not listening. This guy doesn't have a six pack. I'm like, bitch, I'll run circles around you. Yeah. Like I'm in phenomenal shape, but we get this weird thing in our head that like, we got to be, you know, some movie character yeah. to be fit. See, it's almost like, and I don't want to take anything away from anybody that is focusing on like getting a bodybuilder's physique or really good physique. But no, me neither. Just before you go off that, that's that the point was that like, that's not real fitness or health. 
that's just, it's it's Something a specific else. thing. It's yeah. its own thing. That's bodybuilding. Yeah, it's like carving this statue of like a perfect right. aesthetic physique. Super for the hard. show. It's like art almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but there's no like not necessarily a certain performance behind that. It's just or like, wow. Let's marvel over this right. physique. It's it's let's get on like fat burners things that make your skin tight yeah. do anything that makes you appear physically fit yeah. but to not they don't care if you feel fit they don't yeah. care if you can function fit like they don't care about any of that just appear to be jack that's it look like a freak look far from average right. look like people like wow like all over this being right um and i feel like it's for again nothing wrong with it but when you're like really striving for that look it's almost like your interest is in what other people will think of how you look as opposed to if you have a bit of a barrel on you and you're like training jujitsu six days right. a week you know that you can walk by people and you don't turn their head because you just look average right but you know like what you're capable of as far as performance goes yeah and that's more of like a internal intrinsic type of a thing as opposed right. to like you know, somebody that wants the craziest physique so that they walk through the grocery store with a wife beater and they're turning heads. Right. You know? Well, that's what I remember Kylie said that because she, she's done like the, I don't know what to call them, like not bodybuilding, but like physique, like posing on stage. Yeah. Like physique, physique shows. Physique shows. Yeah. She's done that before and she's like also played like, like baseball and basketball, other sports. And she was like, she just straight up said on her social media, she's like, um, cause a lot of them will say like, like athletes and she's like we're not athletes she's like i, I didn't feel like an athlete yeah, doing that i was a model i was a model like that's it i just yeah. i'm trying to get in shape so that people look at me and be like oh that's a nice body i'm a model i'm not an athlete yeah i agree with you that's like that's an, not an athlete yeah. an athletic thing is like where you're and that's what this james smith said he's like if I, i'm a personal trainer when somebody comes to see me my goal is to get you to lift more run faster, run longer, perform, perform better. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is just take all the fat out of you. So you're just like super dehydrated, all muscle and then just make you go perform. He's like, that's not, I'm not doing my job then. Cause that's the thing, right? Like Chris Bumstead was on the full send podcast. He is number one, Mr. Olympia for right. the physique. But the podcast host Bradley Martin lifts more weight than him. Yeah, and so that area. just shows it's not about performance; exactly. it's about the look. Yeah. Um, would you, Would you consider CrossFit athletes to be considered athletes? Well, they're they're performing an athletic feat. Yeah, I think I would consider yeah. them athletes. I mean, like that's that's an incredibly hard challenge. They're not models. They're they're deadlifting an insane amount at a crazy pace. Yeah, they're, they're performing. Doing, they're performing yeah. like physically performing. Those are those yeah. are athletes. Here's here's my take on it. It might be uh, whatever. I, maybe it's out of out of place for me to even give my opinion on it. Um, they're definitely freaks of performance. Like very impressive. Yeah. Um, I would consider them athletes very strong. I just don't think you should be competing when it comes to Fitness. lifting heavy weights. Yeah. I don't think that's what lifting weights are for is competing. And that's why so many CrossFit athletes get injured, right? Like yeah. when you're just trying to get all those reps in of like pushing these heavy barbells over your head and dropping them and pushing them over because like, it's not about form anymore it's not about like proper form and technique and like controlling the muscle it's kind of like oh shit this guy's gaining on me i gotta just get this up regardless of form even if i feel a tweak in my back i just gotta get it up and now we're racing it's like it's yeah like, it's like a strength building thing turned into a competition which yeah. is i just think it's kind of dangerous you yeah know? i have a lot of respect for those people because they're oh, strong they're, as fuck they're insane and man. like some of those physiques are insane but yeah. it's like oh i don't know man yeah well should we wrap this shit up? Let's do it. Episode, what do we have, 105? 105. Okay. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. <laughs>